TheChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always. Always. Use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. Oh, yeah, here it is. That's right, everyone. It is Tuesday. It is hockey talk time. It is getting really close to some serious playoff time as picture's almost done. Almost complete. Only three spots left to claim. And Dave and I here as usual. That's right. Patrick O'Dowd, David Ungar here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. Doing some hockey talk today. Hockey talk. Um, and yeah, we're gonna look at, you know, and who knows where we'll be by Tuesday, but we're gonna look at the the remaining playoff spots to to go. We'll also look at the playoff field in the east since that is now set. Um, so we can look at we can look at matchups and talk that. We're gonna do that a little bit more, hopefully with Kyle Moore's as well. Um, what? What's wrong? It, it's the teams are set. The seating is still very much up right. here. But yeah, sure. But like, I mean, we can still talk a little bit about it. Oh sure. The East is. I mean, the East I know. Is interesting now. All of a sudden, in the last week. Right. I mean, you got all these teams that are, you know, about. A point to three points apart. Good times. Good times. Uh, and like I said, over the West, we still got three spots to go. So there's still still some work to do over in the West. But uh, that voice you heard was the aforementioned lawyer himself, David Ungar, my partner in crime. Um, how how are you today? You mentioned you did a little golfing yesterday. Uh, we were recording on Saturday, so Dave went golfing on Friday uh, with all the big wigs and muckety mucks in whatever lawyering Dave does. Yeah, we had a the big uh, big tournament that had been I had never played in it before because of the pandemic. I'd put it on hiatus for a couple years and then uh they brought it out and it was it was fun. I mean, I hit this how great did, How great, did you do? I hit this great putt. It was a scramble. So, I hit this great putt to save par on the first hole and sucked pretty much the rest of the day. So, you know. Had a boy. Had a boy. <laughs> one shining, you had one shining. But I was moment. I was an excellent caddy for my my managing attorney, my boss on the uh on the last hole and she was like, you know, should I hit this? And I was like, eh, this hole's farther away than it looks. Use this one." And she hit the best shot of the day and then got a natural birdie. You know, she Oh, hit the cool. birdie putt and as the only birdie we got all day and I took at least 25% credit for that, for the being her caddy. So good job. Well, well done. Uh, way to keep your job for another year until <laughs> yeah. the next term. That's what we're going to say. You established your employment. So like I said, we today, we are going to look at where the playoff picture stands right now in the NHL as of Saturday, April 23rd at 12, 17 PM. That's going to be the first half of our show. And then after the commercial break, we're going to talk about how Dave murdered a hockey legend. That's right, everyone. Dave murdered a hockey legend. That's the tease. That is the tease. No, no revelations. He's already got his nefarious criminal face looking. Like he's proud of what he did, everyone. So 
be be ready and on the lookout for that. Uh, but we're going to take our first commercial break, and when we come back, do some hockey playoff talk. You're listening to uh, the Chair, Chair Shot Radio Hockey Talk here on the Chair Shot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Dave, congratulations on your Washington Nationals officially in the in the playoffs in the East. Everybody's clinched. Oh, you mean the Caps? I thought you were going to congratulate me on the Nationals, Nationals being the baseball team. My, I've been watching baseball because I learned about this. I didn't know this. I shared this. Sorry, we're going to get off topic here for a second. Apple TV Plus apparently has a Friday gets a weekly Friday night baseball game that nice. like. With with these random ass uh, streaming subscriptions that I have, I'm like, ah, fuck it. And the Cardinals happened to be on yesterday. They were playing the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, I didn't get to finish the game, and I actually have no idea how the game. I'm actually gonna look up on ESPN. Did we did we blow it? Uh, the Reds are not very good, but that oh, doesn't mean not. the Cardinals did the job. Um, they were struggling. The Reds did have their like best prospect. Oh, we definitely won yesterday. Um, as I'm sitting there looking at. Uh, looking at the records and it would appear that yeah the cardinals got it done yesterday they were only up one to nothing when i left they finished the game four to two the reds did have their best pitching prospect on the mound and that kid uh i can't remember his name off the top of the head it's like a henderson or an anderson or something he uh he was making news because he was hitting triple digits on the radar gun uh and his previous outing he hit 101 more times than any starter in the history of Major League Baseball uh, had ever done. Last yesterday, he didn't have his stuff. He was hitting 90, 94 to ninety six with his fastball. He was much more hittable. Uh, hopefully, for Reds fans out there, that's not a not a sign of uh, of already killing your arm. I, I I never will forget. And you you're old enough to remember this stuff. The, the Chicago Cubs, Mark Mark Pryor, Kerry Wood days. Do you remember those teams? Oh yeah. Those two, those two arms were two of the best arms in the history of the Cubs franchise, and Dusty Baker killed them. Just killed them. And had dead arms by the time that, that run was up because he wouldn't he wouldn't take care of his pitchers. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that. I congratulated you. Your caps officially have the X next to their name in the Eastern Conference. The the teams are set, as you pointed out. However, Who's playing who? That's still up in the air. And so, Dave, we've we've talked about this once. Once the playoff picture is complete, the season ends. I think this week, right? Like, we're pretty close. Yeah, there's early next um, week. For most teams, have between three to five games. About remaining. four or five. Yeah. So I'm seeing, like just looking at the Eastern Conference alone. Out of the playoff teams, 
uh, Boston, Tampa Bay have four, uh, and uh, Florida have five, and Toronto, Toronto, Carolina, New York, Pittsburgh, the rest of them, they have four. So 78 games versus 77 games. Um, you're currently in the last wild card spot. You're even with Boston in terms of points. You're even with Pittsburgh I don't know, for third in the even Metro. with Pittsburgh for third in the Metro. Yeah. So how's it shake out? How do you I, I how do you want it to shake out? Who we, we talked about this last time. You said you wanted to play Carolina. You'd get your wish if, if the playoffs started today. You get Carolina, right? If I'm reading that right. Uh, or would you get? Uh, I think we'd still get Florida. Get Florida? Technically, get I think Florida? at this point, avoiding Florida is an absolute mandatory. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Because yeah, they... Florida and it's 118 points. Yeah, and Florida um, has won 12 in a row. So now you got to start woo! looking at the the record, which is 17 in a row. Which is, you know, they're not. I mean, if they win out. They'll tie the record, and then we'll have to wait until next year because I—that's not right. obviously going to carry over to the playoffs. But unless they, you know, sweep all the way to the Cup final, then I'd say give it to them. But uh, you know, yeah, Florida's the only thing that's certain. But I think the way they're playing right now, you gotta you gotta do whatever you can to avoid those guys because they are—they actually took supplanted Colorado for number one yep. in the power rankings because the Avalanche had a bit of an off week this week, but. Um, yeah, I think you got to avoid Florida at <laughs> at all costs at this point. But I mean, yeah, at, you know, you look at the Metro Carolina and the Rangers are tied for first place, so that could flip. Right. So you could end up with the Rangers in the in the in you know as the two seed, which would mean the seven would play them. Boston does have a game in hand, so you know you, they've got that advantage. But yeah, I would rather avoid the Panthers if I can. You know, I I did I right right. I mean, I read stuff this week that was just like you know people drawing comparisons to them and the 2010 Capitals and and that sort of thing, and it's like, yeah, come on, there's you know, <laughs> there's no comparison. Well, I mean, it just that 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 Capitals team was beaten by Yaroslav Halak, who stopped damn near a hundred shots in Game Six and Seven to to you know right. And I don't know if we're gonna get any goaltenders like that but that's playoff hockey right like you don't know until you know like you right. don't know who's going to be a hot goalie if you're going to get a hot goalie and, and that'll carry you to the cup ask any team yeah. that's won a cup we got, Can we, got I a little, just say, we got a little preview of toronto and tampa this week and that didn't go so we, well we for did. the maple leafs it, it well we all as as i like to as i get reminded by you and kyle all the time toronto is a shit playoff team and they probably will be again this year. Great in the regular season. Can I just say, though, looking at this Eastern Conference lineup, this is a, a good set of playoff teams for the NHL as a whole. You've got Boston. You've got the Rangers. Anytime the Rangers are in the playoffs, that is that is good for hockey. You've got Pittsburgh. You've got some true blue blood NHL program, you know, NHL teams, franchises. I called them programs. I went college basketball mode there for a second. Um, that the, those are those are going to those that's going to make some bank for the teams in the league, and you and you got to be happy with that if you're the NHL, right? Oh yeah, I mean I think one to eight, the East is probably stronger overall than the West. Oh God, there, I don't think that's a question. But, like, and this is just more about the money that the the conference is going to make for the sure, NHL. I mean, yeah, you look at the, the markets. Playoffs, yeah. You look at the markets involved. You got Toronto, huge market. You got 
Tampa, mm-hmm. who's uh, you know a burgeoning market with two consecutive cups. You've got Pittsburgh. You've got the Rangers. You've got Boston, Washington. Those are your core markets. I mean, yeah, yeah. you're missing Chicago. They're not going to make it. And yeah, you'd like Philly to have something in- involved as well, or, or Montreal, of course, from last year, and they're you know that sort of thing. But yeah, the big the big money markets on the East. Uh, most of them are involved, you know, yeah, Detroit would like to be there, but you guys suck and that sort of thing. So, um, it's, it's so strange to me, by the way, to see Detroit languishing the way they have in the last basically decade, because I remember the Scotty Bowman team when they just, they just ran out like Sergey Fedorov, Brendan Shanahan, um, Got Brett Eiserman. Hole went over there. Steve, fucking don't talk about Steve Eiserman. Sorry. Uh, Steve Eiserman. Chris Chelios played with them for a while. The last, uh, the last franchise that won back-to-back cups before the Pens did it, you know, and that was a 20-year gap. Yeah. It was, it, and they were, they were just a juggernaut. It was crazy. And to see where that franchise is now, and just the city of Detroit in general, like Detroit needs a, a, a team to be the team. Like, and kind of like, cause it's not going to be the Tigers in baseball. It's not going to be the Pistons in basketball yet. We know it's not the um, Lions. It's not going to be the Lions. The Lions have been perpetually awful. The Red Wings was like, that was what they had to like. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I miss the octopus. I miss the octopi on the ice. Like you just like, I hate, I loved to hate Detroit. And, and I never thought I would ever find a time in my life where as a hockey fan, I would, for lack of a better, I pity them. Like, I feel sorry for them. Is and that, that's terrible. Is that because they got shifted to the Eastern Conference? Do you think that has something to do with it as a I mean, Blues that's, fan? That's, I mean, I'm not sad that they went to the Eastern Conference. But by the same token, like, even when they were poor, when they were playing poorly in the West, like, it used to be appointment television for any team that was playing Detroit. Like that was your measuring. Like Detroit was the measuring stick of hockey, right? Like you, like you knew for, for a period of time, you could stand up to Bowman's Red Wings. You were going, you, you were for real. You were legit. You remember the and, Colorado Detroit rivalry? Uh, my, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that thing was like Claude that, Lemieux checking that days. one guy and breaking his face. Claude Lemieux is a beast. I, I loved those avalanche teams with Joe Sackick and Forsberg and Patrick Waugh between the pipes. Never, never really got the, you know, over the hump entirely, but man, they were so good. So Adam foot was one of my favorite defensemen of all the, like, he, I, I don't know if it's just the name, but I loved it. And what I, I, I remember I bought NHL 98 for PlayStation one and would, play as the St. Louis Blues, but would take off the restrictive trade rules to basically trade all of all of the Colorado Avalanche lines outside of Chris Pronger. Chris Pronger stayed and Brett Hull stayed. Everybody else from the Avalanche came over to the to the Blues and we won like eight Stanley Cups. Like that was that was just what that's, you did. That's all it would have really taken, you know. Right. Yeah. Minor thing. And now I don't even know who is a rival. Uh, let's go ahead and shift over to the West since we're talking about the West. Um, I guess, you know, if we talk about my blues, I guess it's Minnesota these days. Maybe Dallas. I I do love to hate Dallas. Um, basically because they, they again, they took Brett Hall away from me at one point and um, that hurt my feelings. 
Yeah, it's probably yeah, he had to win a cup. He had to, he had to win a cup elsewhere. Yeah, and it, that that made me sad. I'd say right now, with everything going on, Minnesota's your b- the biggest rival, and we're going to get that series for sure. They're still determining. Like it, yeah, they're still determining who gets home ice. Minnesota's got an edge right now, uh, barely. Currently, by barely. Two, yeah, up on us by up on us by two points, with both teams having four games to play. Um, but let's look at the last spots because we still got a spot in the Pacific to determine. Yeah, Edmonton clinched. We have. There you yep, go. Edmonton clinched. Edmonton and Calgary. So we do have three Canadian teams in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So you go Canada. Um. And watch out for Canada or watch out for Calgary. They're sneaky. Like, like they're sneaky good. I, I think I, I don't I don't buy Edmonton, but Calgary's been like this sort of forgotten team. And yet here they are sitting atop the Pacific consistent rather comfortably. Year. They've been consistent. They're yeah, not like Edmonton's been up down all over the place this season. Right. Well, and that's like the blues. Like it's funny. The blues are behind Minnesota, yet the blues are probably the second hottest team in hockey. They won 10 out of their last eleven. Something like that. Like they lost that one game to the Bruins, which awesome because I work in Massachusetts, so I got to hear from all the Bruins fans who know that I'm a Blues fan. Hey, the Bruins beat you. I was like, yeah, whatever. Um, we're we're still we're we're we score. That's that's been the funny thing is like the Blues will score, and that's that's what we got. We're we're like Colorado light, and uh, and I don't know how far that'll take us, but. Here we go. We've got Los Angeles currently in the third spot out of the Pacific. Nashville and Dallas, if we were to end today, would would clinch the wild cards. Vegas is two points behind Dallas with four games to play. And Vancouver, four points out with four games to play. But a team that got hot at the right time was Vancouver. Yeah, right. Winnipeg mathematically... Can't I don't think no they're gone. It's just, uh, like it's they'd, just have, Vegas they'd, and they'd have to win. Yeah, I was like they'd have to like win out and everybody'd have to lose out. Uh, but anyway, so Vegas and Vancouver competing with Dallas. Uh, I think Nashville's probably going to be okay. Uh, does one does anybody supplant the Kings or do the Kling, do, you, do you think the Kings finish it off? Uh, and two, we've been talking about Vegas a lot. Do they find a way? You said yes. I, I'm not so sure. Uh, I think probably not at this point. I think they had their window and, and, you know, they, they, I was watching them play the caps the other night and, and listening to the Vegas announcers. And they were saying how they entered the third period against Edmonton in good shape and then gave up two quick goals and it was done and they're gone. But then when you go into, and you drop a game to New Jersey that you have to win and you lose to the devils, I mean, a team you should beat nine out of 10 times. Um, yeah, they salvaged their season sort of against the Caps, but that, you know, they got taken to overtime. I think I read something yep. that Robin Leonard, uh, there's conflicting reports now as to whether he's gone for the season or not, with some outlets saying he's gone and, and, and the coach of the uh, the night saying, no, that's not true. I expect him to play, I guess, today. Uh, Vegas has, I mean, absolutely no margin for error anymore. And, and they were talking about, you know, that – the the when they beat the caps in overtime the other night their announcers are like biggest win of the season you know and it's like wow you know you right. got an overtime win that you struggled to get against a team that's already clinched but you know i i you know i think i was having some you know looking really hard at vancouver then they dropped a tough one the other night um that kind of stifled their momentum but right now they the vegas is not going to catch the kings uh, that's not going to no. happen um so do they get a wild card spot? Well, I, I guess think, that's a cool. Because really, why? 
I that's what we talk about. Does Vegas like I don't get why Vegas people are like, well, we're not gonna make it. Like they're really conceived. Like I read an article myself, like somebody wrote it. It's like, well, with Vegas looking to rebuild for next year, and I'm like, they still have a shot. Why are we talking like this? Aren't they? I'm trying to remember. I think they who's when is when are they play? Uh, well, they got San Jose on Sunday. Aren't they playing? Which is a winnable game. Yeah, the San Jose, but I think there's, I mean, if they can stay close, I so, think they play here. Dallas somewhere down the stretch. Right, so here's here's their last four games. They play San Jose, San Jose comes to Vegas. Yeah. They go to Dallas on Tuesday. That's the game of the year for them. They, yep. Then they go to Chicago. That should be a win. And then they play my Blues to wrap up the season. And, and your guys may not have much to play for other than eliminating right. so, them. So really Vegas had like Vegas should win three out of four. If they're the team we think they are. And, and, and the old, and, and I hesitate to say anything about like, I don't, I don't know that they can beat Dallas in Dallas. Like I got to beat Dallas at Dallas and, and that's, that's going to be tough, but Vegas, I don't know. Like, I feel like they should win three out of four. And if they don't win three out of four, then they don't deserve to make the playoffs. Like right. if they split those last two games. Right. So let's, let's look at Vancouver here. Let's see what, what Vancouver's got left. So Vancouver plays Calgary today on Saturday. Then they have the Kraken. So let's see, what is it? They're going to Calgary. That's probably a loss. No, again, Calgary. Well, Calgary's playing for seeding. Um, they're at home against Seattle. So the, yeah, so they're home against Seattle. Then LA comes and pays them a visit, and then they finish on the road at Edmonton. So they actually have a really tough road to hoe. I don't know that. I I think they are probably going to be on the outside looking in because really the only game that's not a toss up is the Kraken game, right? Right. Like they're right. not they're not going to beat the Kraken. Yeah, and Vancouver's then, got a tough road. And then Dallas. Let's look at Dallas real quick. So the Kraken are going to Dallas. So that's that should be a win. Then they got Vegas. Then Phoenix comes to visit. That should be a win. Oh, Dallas got a cushy road to wrap up the season with Anaheim, Phoenix, and the Kraken all coming to visit in their last five before they finish up in St. Louis. Yeah, that's, I mean, if you're going strictly on strength of schedule, then Dallas has a yeah, huge which, edge. Which is all which is all you can do, right? You can only look at strength of schedule. And I, just, you, you can look at who's done what. I just think, you know, Vegas had that window. And that loss to New Jersey really hurt, really hurt. Them. Oh, I'm sorry. I lied. Vegas wraps in St. Louis, not Dallas. Yeah. I just said that. And then it was like contradictory. No, but Dallas I, wraps up with that. I just think that everybody. Loss... And they finished with a four game homestand. Like and Vegas does. No, um, Dallas. Oh, does. Dallas. Yeah. That's Dallas. Four game homestand with three of the worst teams in hockey. Like I think Dallas is good. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see Vegas pulling this out. They they you know they don't control their own destiny any longer. You you know, you gotta basically run the table and have Dallas lose at least I'd say two of those games to inferior teams on home right. ice. And yes, I understand Seattle just beat Colorado the other night, and that's fine, and that's biggest win of the season. Biggest win in franchise history probably for Seattle so far. Um, you know, but it's a lot to ask for to hope that that all comes to right. fruition again. So I think I think the eight that we have in the West that are there right now are probably going to end up there. I don't know if we've really looked at Nashville, but Nashville, I think they're going to be okay. Um, 
Yeah, I think they have enough points that they can kind of, like, whether or not they're the seventh or the eighth, like, whether they're the last or the next next to last wild card, like, we'll, we'll find out. What they what they hold on there, but Nashville will get in. I think I think, yeah, and I don't know. I think we'll we'll see what happens. I'm not worried about Nashville. So got a big right. big game today. Rangers Bruins. I'm just looking at the schedule today. That's that'll that'll be a good one. Nashville yes, Tampa. Nashville Tampa. Toronto Florida. Ooh, wow. We got some good that'll ones be a good today. Game. Yeah, it's a good it's a good day for hockey and a lot of positioning, more seating positioning sort of play going on than anything. All right. We've gone 25 minutes into this podcast. We're going to take our second commercial break and we come back. We're going to talk about another loss in the hockey community as murdered by David Ungar. Uh, Before we get to our recorded commercial, though, it is my duty to remind you that if you enjoy what we do at the ChairShot Radio Network and on thechairshot.com, head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot and invest in a ChairShot shirt. We have all kinds of awesome designs for you to choose from. Uh, designs that have your favorite shows on on them, like Bandwagon Nerds, my personal favorite show on the chair shot. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of. I think it's Dave's favorite too. He he won't he he won't admit it, but you know, you don't want to pick your favorite I'll, child. I'll admit it. Hell yeah, Bandwagon Nerds for life. We also have great sayings from the show from various shows like Nefarious Means, and of course, chair shot logos. If you just want to rep the brand, you can spend $19.99 for a standard style shirt. But if you're feeling fancy, want something that feels nice on your giblets, get it soft style for a few dollars more. Feels great. I love it. My bandwagon nerd shirt is soft style because I care about my skin, care about my giblets. I like how it feels. So again, we love pulling out quality content each and every day can't do that without your support and the best way to support us is to head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot when we come back we talk about how dave murdered an icon you're listening to hockey talk on chair shot radio part of the chair shot radio network here on the promotional consideration paid for by the following hey folks pc tony here thanks to our new partnership with angry lemonade you can save 10 percent on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code chair shot Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. True story, Dave. I almost brought in a special soundbite just for you. I was going to steal about 30 seconds of The Undertaker's entrance music. So for all of you who, who don't remember, last week... As we are talking about Bossy and his passing, Dave started rattling off some names of some other icons of hockey, Hall of Famers, that are, are struggling and not doing well. And one of the names that he brought up was Guy Lafleur, who sadly passed away after a three-year battle with cancer at the age of 70. Now, of course, I don't feel like Dave murdered Guy Lafleur, but you put it out in the universe. You put it in the airwaves, man. And we just got done talking about one icon and, and we lose another. Before I let you talk about it, let's just look at his overall stats for a Hall of Fame career. Five-time Stanley Cup winner with the Montreal Canadiens. Played most of his career with Montreal. Though he did play, uh, he did have one year with the Rangers and then two years with Quebec before retiring in 91. Played 1,126 games. 560 goals, 793 assists for a career point total of 1353 
and a career plus minus of 446. Canadian right-handed shooter was a first round pick by Montreal in 1971. Dave, I got to share again. This guy was before my time really as a hockey fan. So I didn't really watch him play. By the time I started any level of seeing him play, he was in the twilight of his career. So I'm going to turn this over to you because I don't really have much that I can contribute. He even took a break. I, you know, I'm looking at his career stats. Like he, he was with Montreal right up until 85. And then he didn't, he took about three years off before coming back for the in the Rangers in 88. So talk to me about, uh, Guy LaFleur, number 10. Yeah. He, uh, I think I'd mentioned it last week when I was talking about bossy, like the, guys who were prevalent when I first started watching hockey and, and Lafleur was uh, one of those guys that I, I'd mentioned. I, I did not realize he was as, as sick as he was. I know he had quadruple bypass and some other issues that had gone on. But um, when you look at, when we talked about Mike Bossy last week, we talked about how he was uh, him and Trottier and Potvin were the guys who really spearheaded that tremendous Islanders dynasty. Well, for the four years before the Islanders were a dynasty, the Montreal Canadiens won four consecutive Stanley Cups, and Guy Lafleur was key, one of the main cogs of that of those teams that were just every. I mean, you look at back to back. I mean, it's it's this is a great thing about hockey. You got back to back dynasties. You got the Canadians for four years, followed by the Islanders for four years, and you can. Six and one, half a dozen in the other as to which dynasty was the better one. They were all dominant teams, but Lafleur was like front and center, one of the the most dangerous scorers that Montreal had uh, amongst those teams that were just so good. Uh, Boston Bruins fans, you know, turn away, you know, that sort of thing, because they victimized the Bruins like almost like I think like two of the cups that they won were against Boston. I think they beat Philly, Boston twice. I think the Rangers before the Rangers you know, that whole 54-year spree that they went on before they broke through. Right. Um, he was just, you know, a, a, a not as not as good or as pure a scorer as Bossy was, I would say, you know, because there are very few who are as good a pure scorer as Mike Bossy, but he was every bit um, as dangerous and dynamic a playmaker as, as I think anybody was. And, and without him, yeah, that, that Montreal dynasty does not happen without a guy who could spearhead the attack as well as he could. So he was he was like the first superstar that I can really recall when I first started watching hockey. Lafleur was the guy who I, you know, the first superstar I really remember. And then, you know, there are a few people on the on the Bruins. But I know he wasn't alone on those Montreal teams. They were loaded. You know, they think I think Ken Dryden was the goalie for part of that dynasty. And I mean, yeah, you know, as far as goaltenders go, you're looking at Ken Dryden is is right there in the top five from what most people would ex- would say. Um, you know, of course he wasn't, he was, he was on the call for the miracle on ice with Al Michaels, I believe. Yes, I believe so as well. So, uh, yeah, I he, thought you had everything about that game memorized, Dave. It's like one of your favorite all time. It is sporting events it in is. history. I, 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 I'm, shocked. I, I'm just trying to remember. What is it? Dryden? Yeah, it's Ken Dryden at the end. So, um, but yeah, he was, uh, LaFleur was a tremendous player. Uh, you know, he's you don't see dynasties nowadays. They just don't happen, at least not to that magnitude. Unless you're, unless you're in Tampa. Yeah, they're working, I would on, call, one. They're I would, working on one. I would call Tampa. I would argue that Tampa's had. Like, I think the concept of a dynasty has to change with the way modern sports are are done, regardless of the sport. 
because you don't get dynasties like you had with the Lakers, for example, in basketball and the Celtics or the Bulls, like the Bulls dynasty where six championships in seven who, years. Who, who repeats but, nowadays? But a, Nobody repeats nowadays. The, the Tampa Bay Lightning repeat That's nowadays. That's three, right. Three, three in a row. Uh, you don't see it in, in just about any sport. And college football still has dynasties. Because I would argue that, you know, they don't win the national title every year. Alabama's a dynasty. Like, and in, and until Nick Saban bloody well dies um, and stops coaching, like, they will be a, a dynasty forever. And they're a true dynasty. Like, they're, if they're not in the national title game, they're in the conversation. If they're not winning national championships, they're they're in the conversation. And, and they are the gold standard. Yeah, but, exactly. you know, outside of that, like, a dynasty doesn't. Yeah, we don't get long stretches where, too, like, I talked about the Red Wings. Like, I would argue that was a dynasty for a while. Um, in hockey. And so, so yeah, it's, it's a rare thing now with, with the way free agency works and with salary caps and trade deadlines and and pieces always moving around. Parity is at a premium, you know, the last, to me, the last sports dynasty, like that we remember is like a true dynasty in the vein of the Lakers and it's the Patriots, the new England Patriots twice. They, yeah, like that's it. And, And that, yeah, frankly, it ended with Tom Brady moving on. Oh, like that was when it was really, really done. Right. So, but anyway, yeah, that but all brings us back to you're right. The Lightning yeah. are are rapidly on their way to. I mean, if they three peat, for sure they're a dynasty. Right. Right. But you know, and they're they're well in the conversation. They're not the team they were two years ago. Uh, other teams have caught up because that's the parity of the NHL. So we'll see what they do in the playoffs. And, and all of that is to say that it's just so impressive and so different. It shows how different ownership power has, has diminished because that's, that's really where those dynasties came from is being able to have control of your talent and you know, franchises don't have that anymore. And so, you know, I think it's funny when you talk to old sports fans and like, you know, I joke about your age, but I'm talking people in their seventies, like my dad in his sixties, you know, and, and teams that they ra- were raised on, like in the 80s. Like, I was raised on the Cardinals in the 80s. And when a team drafted a player, they were they were with, like, Mo- like LaFleur was drafted by Montreal. And until he stepped away from the game for three years, he was a Canadian. Like, that was it. There was no, there was no jumping around free agency. Even, you know, back in the 60s when Kurt Flood started the free agency thing. It still didn't happen very often. Like I remember as a kid, Ozzie Smith, Vince Coleman, Jack Clark. That was my my baseball team. Like those guys, Tommy Herr playing second base. Like no, people didn't go and move around very often. Um, and, and you just don't see that. You don't see cores stick together the way that they did back in those days. And and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think players' rights are important. So all of that is to say we lost another icon this week in hockey, uh, happy trails, raise your glass to guy floor. And I'm not mentioning anybody else this week. Just yeah. Dave is going to stay quiet. So that's going to do it for this week's edition of hockey talk Dave. Before we get out of here, tell everybody where they can find you on the chair shop radio network. You can find me at my new Twitter handle at grim reaper 68. And, uh, you know, (laughs) no, you can find me on Twitter at attitude ag. That is at attitude, a G G and on facebook.com slash attitude of aggression. 
Excellent. You can find me on Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. If you like Dave and I, you can catch us every Monday and Tuesday. Monday, we're talking nerdy stuff on the Chair Shot Radio Network when we do Bandwagon Nerds. Obviously, if you're listening to us right now, you know you're hearing Hockey Talk. Though summer is quickly coming and it'll be time for a new round of musical chairs. Also, you can catch me on Wednesdays with Craig DeMarco, Miranda Alice talking wrestling and occasionally a new show that I've been putting out a little bit here and there called The 5x5, which I've been really excited to do. So make sure you catch a few of those episodes dropped last week on the Chair Shot Radio Network, and I'm hoping to get some more out there soon. Thank you, everyone, for listening. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Chair Shot Radio Hockey Talk. Next week, hopefully we can get Kyle Moores back on the show and talk some playoff hockey because the playoff picture should be set. Until then, we'll see you all later. You've been listening to Hockey Talk on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com.